This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by Wonder Lemon Fabric and Crafts, a UK online retailer of designer fabrics for quilting and crafts. Visit the shop at www.wonderlemon.com and check out the blog at wonderlemon.blogspot.com. This episode is also sponsored by jewelry artist Catherine Hodge. Check out her creative mix of metalwork and beaded jewelry at www.catherinemarissa.com. Hello, everyone. This is episode 92 of the Craft Sanity Podcast, and I am really excited to bring you this episode because it is with an up-and-coming fashion designer who I am so proud of because he comes from West Michigan. Daniel Vasovic is 27. Many of you Project Runway fans recognize his name, I'm sure. He was a finalist during season two and is about to come out with his first major fashion line very soon. After Project Runway kind of catapulted him into the international fashion spotlight, he could have rode the wave, but he didn't. He made some very deliberate decisions because he really felt like he had a little more to learn. I wasn't able to watch Project Runway because I didn't have the cable station. So before the interview, I'm like, there's no way I can do this interview with Daniel and have no idea what was going on in the show. So I uh, got the DVDs and... I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to watch all these episodes? And they were like 12 or 13 episodes. But then, you know, like two episodes in, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I totally got sucked into it. Even though I knew the outcome because I live in West Michigan and the newspaper, we wrote about it. However, I was like, man, he should have won, you know. <laughs> I apologize for my nasally voice during this recording. I was sick for about three weeks in December. He was willing to postpone and I said, oh no. And it's a good thing that I didn't postpone because I got worse. My voice got worse before it got better. But anyway, I think you can still understand what I'm saying. Stick around after the show to find out how you can win a copy of Daniel's new book, Fashion Inside Out. If you can kind of take me back to your time growing up in West Michigan and kind of retrace this creative sure. roots. Um, well, I grew up in, uh, in East Grand Rapids and have a, a fantastic uh, set of parents and they're still, still married and still fantastic and my older sister named Sarah and I grew up in, in East Grand Rapids until I was about 10 or 11 years old and there it was a great place to grow up and I loved the sense of community and I loved how uh, I remember I was enrolled in art, uh, art courses at the at the museum I used to my mother would drop me off Saturday mornings and I would go and, you know, have life drawing courses or still life. Like, even as a 9 and 10-year-old, I still wow. that. That's and cool. I was always very, very motivated, even as a young, as a young person. And I, looking back at all the years, you know, all the projects and the different things I've been involved with, my parents have really always been very supportive but never have really pushed me. And I thought that's, that's something that I have I realized that years and years later, but I'm very something I'm very appreciative for. I moved to Lowell, Michigan, um, about yeah when I was in fifth grade, and of course, when if anyone can remember what it's like to be to be young again, <laughs> um, it was it was a horrible move. I hated the move. I hated I hated Lowell. I hated leaving my friends and leaving this this life that I knew, like any young person does. And it took a lot of adjustment, and I started to get involved more and more with more art programs and 
the art community in Lowell, and um, I also was a gymnast since I was seven years old and had gone to the same gym and competed on the national level, and that really was my life where, you know, throughout my entire grade school, I was working out six days a week, four hours a day, and like when other kids would go to like the football game on Friday night, I would be in Las Vegas competing, or like I'd be down in New Orleans, or it, it was... I didn't have a traditional social life mm-hmm. growing up. I had a great childhood, but I definitely my social life is definitely different from, from all the friends I knew. And because of that, my teammates were my best friends. I, I knew them the most. I didn't really have time to hang out with a lot of, of my school friends. So I went to Lowell and I graduated when I was uh, 18, and I had had years of expectation with scholarships and uh, going to a larger school, whether Michigan State or Ohio State, University of Michigan, and program, you know, schools that had gymnastics programs. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was really interested in architecture, something that was much more, quote unquote, stable. You know, it was a a practical career, so to speak, especially growing up where I did. And New York and fashion just seemed like such a lofty career. And though I was interested in it, it wasn't really a reality for me. And Were you sewing at that time? I mean, did no, you? No, I, okay. I had I had learned how to do a basic stitch on my mother's old old singer, like okay. the one from her great grandmother, and I, I I knew how to make pillows and and a straight stitch whatnot, but it definitely wasn't. Um, I wasn't making clothes or anything. Well, and you probably didn't have time, even if you wanted to make clothes. With no, gymnastics, no, is like so consuming. Oh yeah, I mean that that was that's the best word for it. Is very very consuming, and I was also you know student council for you know all throughout high school and extra programs, and it just wasn't a focus for me. And uh, so when I when I gave up gymnastics, I've I've had a lot of broken bones and a lot of surgeries. And I just told, you know, I sat my parents down. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this for another four to five years. And they, of course, were very supportive. But they also said, by the way, we have no money for you. Like, we we don't have, you know, with saying goodbye to gymnastics meant saying goodbye to all those scholarships and everything. And so I, I made that choice. And I went to a, a community college at GRCC. Which is a fine community college. Because, uh, looking, I mean, looking, I, I begrudgingly went. I went thinking this is the 13th grade. Um, <laughs> oh, I knew that. You know, I, I think know. a lot of kids feel that way, though, about community college. Absolutely. Yeah. And looking, again, looking back at it and having the perspective that I do now, it was one of the best decisions of my life because it really allowed me freedom without pressure, whether that's financial pressure or pressure from my parents to, to just take the courses that I wanted to take and, and I I took an architecture course and I absolutely hated it. I hated how it took so long to get an idea to actually happen. I hated that if I built a wall a wall wrong, someone would die. <laughs> right. like, I, I'm not the contractor, you know. I, right. But in, in my young head that's what I was thinking. But Right. So anyways I, I the next semester I, I went into a clothing construction course and I went from making boxer shorts to cocktail dresses, and it just clicked for me. And I I could understand how clothes went together. I understood when I looked at a fabric, 
how I wanted it to, to lay. And the thing is, there's not a strong fashion program at CC. And because of that, I ended up enrolling in the same course over and over and over again because <laughs> I wouldn't get credit for it, but I could take the course. Now, how many so times did I, you take it? Um, about three or four times. Wow. Seems to have been really fantastic by that end of that three or four. Fourth, uh, oh yeah, well, especially when when there was like new people who went in the you know especially during the fourth time and they're like this is your you know first time taking it I'm like actually no it's not but um but <laughs> I, I'm I thinking what's with this I didn't guy have the yeah. resources and they had everything right there and it was a great way for me to to try um, to have the guidance you know from my teachers but also to have the resources so that was great. So did you know, right, I mean, was that your first semester that you took? Well, the first time you took that class, was it the first semester of your... Uh, actually, my second semester. Okay. And did, yeah. did you know right away that, you know, you're sitting in this class? I mean, did it click with you that this was going to be your career path? It clicked with me when, um, when the stuff that I began to make started to get a response. Okay. So, like, when my friends are like, wow, you know, and, like, you, then you bring stuff home, and it's like, wow, this is really kind of cool, and... and it went from a potential hobby, you know, like the thought of it, oh, I'm good at something. Like people are good at a lot of things. Right. That doesn't mean it's going to be their career. And and I think when I started to get positive feedback and positive reinforcement, it pushed me further to keep going down that path. And, and I can, the thing is I continue to take those clothing construction courses, but I also took art, like I've, I'm taking years of art history. I took graphic design courses and advertising courses so to say that I dropped everything at that point is not, definitely not true, but it became more and more focused semester after semester, and mm-hmm. I was there for about three years. Okay, and so you just kept taking that class plus all the other things that exactly. you thought you needed to build a career. Absolutely, and drawing so, courses and life drawing courses and our history courses and fashion history courses and technical era textile courses. And so this was all building toward going out to New York. Absolutely, and that was the goal was FIT to get into a program here, and that's what ended up happening. And so were you able to get a scholarship, or how did what, what happened next when you no, made actually, the... FIT rarely gives scholarships. Oh, um, don't you love that? You know. I know. Well, it's always great, y'all. Considering that I think with room and board and tuition for a year, it's only around 10000 Okay, Where, that's... as opposed to, like, Parsons, 40000 for tuition alone. Wow. So, so I, I definitely knew what I was getting into, but I just needed to get to New York. I needed to be around people who were like-minded and who really wanted the same things I was after. And that's what was so great about moving to New York finally. And I enrolled at FIT, and I got got in my first year. And I, I did the one-year accelerated program, which is where you do two years and one year. And it just about killed me. And I lost 10 pounds, which I don't need to lose. And I was staying up all hours of the night trying to finish work. But... The thing that was so great about it is that it was the first time in my life where I was, you know, I was probably 21, and it was the first time in my life where I was surrounded with people who all loved fashion and mm-hmm. loved what we did, and we all, you know, we all had moved here from outside New York, and we came here for a reason, and we were, it was just, it was great because we felt like we were in the trenches, you know, like when you're in the workroom at five in the morning and you're so tired and you. You're running to the deli to like get some some food in you, and you know having a friend say, "Can I help you with something?" or "Do you need to use my sewing machine or share markers?" Like that was great, 
to have when you're young and oh, yeah. uh, have that support system. When you're all caught up in the same like dream where the, the, the possibilities are so, I mean, there's so many possibilities and it's an exciting time. You did this, the two-year program in one year. Yeah. Survived it. Definitely. And so when you go from that to the Project Runway opportunity, because it was pretty quickly after... It was. Just to give you a really quick um, condensed version, after that one-year program, I moved to Italy for a year, and I, I went on to my bachelor's program, and I did the first part of my bachelor. I did my first year of my bachelor's in Italy, and that really helped to break a lot of molds as far as my designing goes and really helped to push me and not think so much about sportswear, which is what America is very much about. And we love our our blazers and our suits and mm-hmm. you know, our jeans and our T-shirts. And, and it really, all my teachers and, you know, going to the Gucci factory and, and taking a weekend trip to the Chanel factory and, like, going and seeing this stuff being made and, and really experiencing life. And that it, was, it really just opened my eyes to, how, to what really could happen. And and then after that, I moved to London to work in a showroom um, there in London, and then finally moved back to New York to finish my last part of my bachelor's, and then I was on Project Runway four days after I graduated. Was this a really a mapped out and deliberate plan that you had to go to Italy and then London and then back to New York? Did you map that all out, or were you just kind of... I mapped out Italy, uh, Italy and New York, but I wasn't sure if I was going to do two years in Italy or one year and then come back but I knew that I wanted to eventually get a job in New York so I thought that it would be best for me to move back to New York in my final year so that interning and and all that stuff I ended up falling in love and and met a great guy in Italy and through that the London opportunity happened I see okay so you followed your heart by my heart to as London. well as my career. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it looks like, I mean, obviously your work is wonderful and, and you've been, I mean, what a great experience. So by the time you got back and you graduated, you're, how old were you? You're 24? Uh, 24. Yeah, I just turned 24. Okay. And you said how many days after? Were Four you doing... days after I graduated. Now, you auditioned for it or you actually were already no, on it? No, I was it? on the show. Okay. So let's, let's back up to the, you hear about, like, how'd you hear about Project Runway? Like they were doing the, you'd watched probably well, the first course, season? Well, yeah, I mean, I had I had seen the first season a bit sporadically because of obviously you're in your final year. Right, you can't really just kick back and watch exactly TV. Like, hey, I'm going to watch TV. Well, that doesn't happen right. at design school. So, but the thing is, look, with any TV show centered around fashion, it obviously word travels very fast, and right. especially because auditions were taking place like 30 blocks north of where school was, it was an easy it was an easy thing to go and audition. So. Word had traveled that, you know, hey, you need a picture portfolio, you need three garments that you had made, and you have to go stand in line. And the thing is, is that I had all those things because that's what I needed for to graduate. You know, we were doing our end-of-the-year show, so I needed clothes. I obviously had my portfolio review, so I had my portfolio done. And I had all the things, so I just stood in line, and it was the most heart-wrenching, like, exhausting emotionally experience ever because it was eight hours of just back and forth and back and forth and finally getting to that room and trying to spit out your dream in, in 30 seconds in right. a cohesive way was just horrible. But, um, yeah, so and it turns out that they loved me in the audition and you do a video and all this stuff. And uh, then they called me and I was on the show. And so you found out pretty quickly. found out very quickly, but the thing is what I didn't know is that I mean, you can imagine trying to find an apartment in New York is, is pretty tough. Yeah. And, and so you can only imagine. So try to imagine finding an apartment without knowing 
that if you're going to be on a show and you're leaving for a month for a month straight, like I was an RA, so I also had to move out like 30 boys oh, out of my dorm. I had to graduate. I had to have my final show. I had like you know all 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 the rest of my life that was planned. Like if I wasn't on the show, I had to go and I, I had to go and start interviewing for jobs. So right. I tried to line all that stuff up. Is oh, just so horrible. I wouldn't do it again. No. You would totally do it again. I know, I'd totally do it again. So did you have interviews lined up and also? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. So then did you have to tell people, well, you know, I can't come to the interview because I'm going to be on Project Runway? No. Confidentiality. In my oh, ear. so you can't All say. That stuff. Are you kidding so, me? so then, off, what did you tell? Off the, the map for, for a month. Oh, you just disappear. So oh, you yeah, just... you just disappear. You could, could you tell friends that you were on it? I mean, could you tell anybody? The only people that officially knew I was on were my were my roommates, and even they had to sign uh, an agreement. Oh wow! Yeah. So they knew that you, your family knew that you were alive and well, my and your fam- friends knew. Yeah, my family knew that I was technically alive, and they knew that I was on the show. But of course, they had been given instructions not to tell anyone. Right. But, um, the, yeah. The hardest thing was after the show was when I was actually sewing the collection. Right. Because you had how many months? Like five months or you something. You have about five months. Yeah, five months. And so, like going to the garment district, especially like when the advertisements came up. And you see, like, your face, you're sitting next to yourself on the train. Oh, or, my gosh. Like, I mean, it's, it was horrible to try to get stuff done because the show was really starting to gain momentum, especially within the fashion community. And trying to run errands and, and get, get snaps put on a jacket or, you know, or get lining or something, you know, people start questioning, oh, that's that guy from the show. Oh, my gosh. And then especially when the show started happening, you know, oh, he's, that's Daniel. He's starting to win challenges. I bet he's going to Fashion Week. And you're like, nope, I'm just decorating my room. Oh, like, my no. gosh. So, yeah, there's a lot of line involved. Yeah, because, I mean, because you can't be anonymous. It's like you oh. go, you're not running to Joanne Fabrics, you know, for oh, some, yeah. you know. Like you're, I mean, you're, it's, it's three, it's only, the garment district is about three or four blocks, and that's it. So everyone knows each other's business. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, well, that must have been something else. So you're, so you're like, secretly trying – well, not so secretly. I mean, totally obviously going to buy fabric and so – oh, my goodness. Oh, so, I know, but I ended up having, like, my friends, my roommates and stuff, uh, two of them had also gone to FIT. And oh, they, so you could send them out on – Yeah, exactly. So they were very, very, very helpful in helping to, like, move stuff, you know, like, get stuff here and there. And then it was so funny because as people – as the show, the actual fashion week got closer and closer – People and friends just became so much more inquisitive, and so um, we we created all these like elaborate lies, like oh someone has mono, so you can't come over, oh, or my you know like or oh we're we're painting and it's such a mess that so you shouldn't come up because of course the collection's like out in the apartment for anyone to see, right, so, right, oh, it's so funny, yeah, and you can't really afford like a second space like your secret cavern of fashion. Well, like you I know? said, I mean you have to remember we were always. Who is, is I was tw- I was twenty four and right out of school, so right. I also had like tens of thousands of dollars of student exactly. loans. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you're living. I mean, as Tim Gunn says, you make it work, and that's what I had to do. Yeah. Well, you did it. Well, thank you. Yeah, but that's but that's so so okay. You're making your collection, and um, I did notice because I just watched this yesterday. So it's uh-huh. very fresh for me. Um, <laughs> um, it was funny when just the, I mean the stress of. Everybody coming back, and I know when you, you were at Schuler's recently here in Grand Rapids, yes. and you said something, you made a comment 
Um, I think because Santino obviously got the reputation of being the the guy that people would like kind of love to hate, you know. Yeah. Um, but he, there was such a change in him when he came back. I was like, I actually stopped working on my project, and I'm like, whoa, who are you? Yeah, I who mean, are you? You know, and, and it was it, something else. It was. I think it's a very it's a it's a very trying thing to watch yourself on yeah, TV. Yeah. And especially, I mean, I learned months and months after the show aired, but like to not read anything like don't read what people write about you whether it's good or bad and one of the best pieces of advice i ever received and i can't remember if i mentioned this at schuler's but it it was from a designer and and she said if you believe the good press then you have to believe the bad meaning that if you're going to believe all these accolades and people telling you you're great and this is the best collection you've ever seen blah blah blah, then you have to believe all the people who want to tear you down and want to criticize you and the thing is, is that as a designer, it's important to continue to look forward and, and to build on what you did. Mm-hmm. But when you're young and throwing yourself out there for the first time, it's very, it's very consuming or it can be. Right. And, and I just learned very quickly to not do that. And I think that himself specifically, I think we all sort of got a taste of what it's like to have people critique us on such a large, large level. Did you watch the show? I did watch the show. I can't actually watch the last. I don't. I haven't seen the last few episodes um, in years. Like, it's just too painful. I'm like, ugh, it's so stressful and so. I mean, especially with like the thirteenth challenge and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, it it was like it was so horrible because you're thinking that you've made it so far and and we we all had so much work to do. And there was, of course, a lot of stuff that you guys didn't see. Like, we were locked out for hours on end because someone had lost their keys. And so, of course, like, we're, you know, we're, time is ticking by and we're just, like, so tired and we want to work on our stuff and models weren't showing up. And there's just all this craziness that happens. And, of course, to have that thrown in is like a punch in the stomach. So Yeah, because this is supposed to be one of the most biggest, exciting weeks of your life so far, yeah. Yeah, and all of us had worked so hard to get there. It just sucked to have like a sucker punch. But but it's a reality show, and you got to remember that. Well, that was one of the things I think you talked about when you were at Schuler's is the the time, because the time element in the show, they would say, okay, you have until midnight tonight. And it's. I seem to remember you saying that actually days – were kind of compressed where you might have done like two days worth of shooting in one day is that did I oh yeah and and also the fact that like the interviews the interviews that happened during the challenge like those are 45 minute interviews oh wow 45 45 minutes time frame to make a dress oh my goodness oh yeah wow so it was even less time than what you guys so how much time you you had eight hours to to do each project no I mean it it, the thing is it changed depending on the length and extent of the project sometimes we would um go somewhere in the morning and you'd have like for the i remember for the garden party dress where you actually had to make make stuff out of flowers we went and did the the field trip in the morning and then you had the afternoon and then the next morning and then the show was that afternoon okay but then you also run the risk of having your flowers wilt at night oh my goodness exactly there's always something Oh, boy. Well, I, I know that by the end, everyone just looks so, like, they just needed a nap. I'm like, man, you people... A nap and good food. I yeah. slept for, like, three days straight afterwards. Oh, I could imagine. So oh. great. But then you couldn't tell anybody. I mean, when I you... know, I know. So, how, so you were just like, because you had to be dying to tell people. 
Well, it's dying so to tell people that I took second. Yeah. Well, well, no, dying to tell people like when you made, you knew you were going to make it to Fashion Week. Oh, yeah. You know, but, just I to mean, be able people, to. People at that point can figure it out for themselves. Right. So. Right. Wow. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, so so that was a, the whole experience. I mean, looking back, what was the thing you you took away? Like the biggest lesson you took away from that experience? Um, I think the biggest thing was was the showmanship. Was that I I still love I I love what I did on the show, and especially for for uh, for Fashion Week. But a big thing that I realized was that I have. One of my biggest weaknesses as a designer is editing, that I wish that I would have focused less and less on all the details. I'm very detail-oriented, and there's a lot of detail work in my clothing. But the thing is, is that that doesn't make a great show. And that's something that I wish I would have done, is I would have thought more about the the wow moment. Okay. That's something that has definitely um, been, I've been, I've, it's been in the back of my mind as I continue on collections and I've worked at other places is, is grabbing that customer's attention from outside on the sidewalk. You know, like I want to bring you into a store. Right, to I buy want the clothes. I get you to try on, you walk to the rack and to try on the coat and to put it on. So um, that's something that I just had no experience with being a student is that I'm used to having people come up and see my work very closely and examine it and, that, so that was something that I've taken away that I thought was a great thing. Um, and Michael, Michael Kors was uh, one of the people that has sort of um, pointed that out. Yeah. Well, so it's, I mean, what an, what an experience, too, to have right out of fashion school. Because you, were you the youngest on the show? Um, on that season? Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. And it's funny because some, some, at some points, several points, you seemed like one of the oldest, like, and just, <laughs> no, and I don't mean that in a, a derogatory, I mean, a way that's, um, I mean, I think I, I mean that as a compliment because you are very thoughtful. And uh, it was interesting to me to see, I'm thinking, okay, look at him, look at Daniel go. I mean, he's helping these people straighten out their lives and they're, you know, just kind of, I mean, people are starting to freak out a little bit. And I oh, never yeah. saw you at any point. And, you know, you seem like, and you could tell at times you were stressed like everybody else, but I thought the advice you gave to people like, hey, you know, you just focus on what's right in front, you know, I mean, it's just, I was like, I was like, man, this guy's really um, a wise person. And I just think you were kept yourself, um, you know, I could tell you're having fun. You know, yeah. and that's that's that was a, a real fun thing to watch too, because I'm like, well, he's having a good time, and he's keeping, you know, he's keeping himself yeah. together here, you know. Well, thank you, but yeah. that, that was a big thing that um, actually, again, I, I took from from the show in general was that I was aware that my my peers, my fashion industry was watching was watching me, and and I knew that I, I'm very thankful for how things worked out because people now not only know my name and my face and what I design, but they know how I design. They know how I work with people. And, right. and I've had job interviews where I've been working where I haven't even shown a portfolio and I've gotten the job because people know how I work in a team setting or right. under pressure. And I've also hired people at, who, who I know I will work well with because they know how I work. And, and I think that's really been a huge blessing for the show is that you put yourself out there for both the good and the bad. And, and luckily for me, I'm very happy with how things work out. And that's, I mean, a good piece of advice. I don't know how many of the, you know, Craft Sanity listeners are planning to go into a reality TV show. But um, one of the things that I think what you just said was very, very smart because that is, I mean, an opportunity to let everybody see you, not only your work, but how you work. And for a lot of people on reality shows, not just this one, but 
reality shows in general, some people act just they act the fool the entire time, and they're you know, and it's just like you're thinking, oh my goodness, do you have any idea how you're coming across? And often people don't have any idea. So you were blessed, blessed with self-awareness. Uh, and it's a, it's a wonderful gift, people who have self-awareness, because now you're getting the jobs you know, without having to go through the portfolio and the interview yeah. and all that. So congratulations to you. You can't be too self-aware. Then you just become Well, you can become ridiculous. paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, you can become like where you're so self-aware you can't do anything. But, yeah. but yeah, I think you have a good balance there. Well, good. Well, but, you. yeah. And so what did you do after, you know, you have this, you finished second and at that point, were you, how did you feel at that point? Um, well, I just felt tired. You know, yeah. like you just feel exhausted and you are trying to figure out, um, it's just trying to, you know, you're figuring out all these opportunities and these answers. And so I had to make a really hard choice um, about what I was going to do. And do I continue on this path of hype and exposure? And do I jump into maybe starting a line when I'm not really, when I know I'm not really ready? Or do I take a step back and do what my original plan, plan was before Project Runway was ever presented to me? And that's to start assisting to go back and work with other designers that have that are much more credible and, and have years of more, much more experience than I do, and that's what I ended up doing, which is why you haven't heard from me in, in two years because that's what I've been doing is all this, the boring stuff that's not fun to talk about in interviews. You know, is, is the assisting and and working with other companies, some big, some small, and just gaining the experience that I've needed. And, and I've known, I have definitely known all along that my goal has been to start a line. Mm-hmm. But it's the timing of when that is going to happen and, and whether I'm working with a factory and I'm with another company and I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, they really make great shirts you know, or whatever. And, and I keep every single contact I've ever made. And, and what's happening right now, and I'm very anxious to tell you, is I just got the green light from my management team about two weeks ago to go ahead and go forward with the launch of my own collection. Hey, congratulations. So that's thank awesome. Thank you very much. So um, so that's, that's going to be my focus for these upcoming for 2010 is taking all these moving parts and putting them in the right direction and, and, and doing what I need to do. So that's, that's what my focus has been for even the past two weeks. That's awesome. And so when you say management team, what exactly do you mean? For the folks at home that are wondering, okay, what is, what is involved in this? So when you're, think, when you're embarking on this, launching a clothing line, what do you, who's at the table? When well, you... the thing is you can, you can create the most beautiful work in the world. If, if, if people are out there listening to this, again, whether they're a fashion designer or you know, uh, some other designer, the thing is, is that you have to get it out there. Like I, I'm not a fine artist. I, I don't have years and years to work on a project. I need to sell the work when, it, when it's done. And to have that, you have to have a business. And that's what it comes down to. So for any of those people who are, are young listeners or something, like take business courses and understand what it is, what, what that entails. Because you can be the most amazingly talented designer in the world, but if no one sees your work or you can't get it into, into people's hands, then, then you're screwed. So for me, it's, it's having worked with my great, you know, great financial advisor and my lawyer and my accountant and, and pulling these people on year after year and making sure that they're aware of all of my plans. So whether that's my collaboration with, with Nyla Hotels or my book deal or anything, it's like they're all aware so that 
they can help guide me on my path so I'm better prepared. And so they they have been huge assets in helping pull on investors and, and making sure that strong business plan is there because without it, I would just make pretty dresses and no one would ever see them. <laughs> now, did you have the business plan? I mean, is this something that you came out of college with or did you do this after? Uh, uh, personally, my story is um, we've had a family financial advisor for you know since I was a child, since I was a kid, and he's always been our personal family one and has worked with my grandparents and you know other family members. And as I graduated, and as as my career, you know, Project Runway got presented, and and my career sort of got shortened in a very condensed way. He he approached me and said, "By the way, I know you know with college tuition and all that stuff, we've worked together, but." I wanted to present you with this other option, and this huge open, all these resources became much more open to me, and he said, well, your parents don't use them, but they're here for you if you need it, and that's how that whole, that's how this whole thing came, and so all my guys work together very cohesively, and although they come from slightly, you know, different backgrounds and different professions, they all have my best interest at heart, which is, is a huge advantage. So are you still working with the man that was working with your family for the yep. long? That's great because this Absolutely. is someone that's known your family. It's not like they just, oh, that's the guy on Project Runway. I'm going to glom onto him. You know, exactly. that's so awesome. And that's what I tell people. That's what I tell people to start with the resources that you have. It's people very you trust. Easy to, well, it's very easy to attach yourself or want to attach yourself to someone who's established. I mean, I would kill for Karl Lagerfeld's pattern maker. You know, I would, I would love to have to work with a factory that produces uh, Gucci's, Gucci stuff. And the thing is, is that to use the resources that are around you and then to build on that is a much, to me, a much smarter approach to getting stuff done because you, you know that there's a personal, a personal tie-in. And people do have, I know that my guys have my personal Daniel Vosvik's best interest at heart. Right. Because they have my parents to answer to if they don't. <laughs> they have my mom screaming, I guarantee. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but yeah that's how it is. That's how it all started. And it's obviously grown over the years, um, bigger and bigger. But um, that, that is how it, how it all started. Oh, that, well, that's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. Because I think a lot of times people feel like if they have this big book idea or they have, you know, they want to write a screenplay or design a pattern, they think they have to find an agent that's like high powers work with a lot of other real famous people and it's all stepping stones. Yeah. But I all think all stepping stones. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you've proven that, you know, you really can just work with the people in your life, you Absolutely, know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now this book opportunity came about in that time that you've been kind of, you know, doing uh, your own thing. Yeah, about how, a year did, ago. how did that come to pass the book deal? Well, the book I have, I had a blog on Bravo TV.com that right. I would write every week and, you know, all things fashion related or, you know, things that are in my life or great, great places to shop or whatever. And this, uh, publisher sort of cold called me. She sent me an email and just said, Hey, um, I work at so-and-so publishing house have you ever thought about writing a book? Because I think you have a great writing voice. And I said, you know, I emailed her back and I said, I've never thought about it. I'm 26 years old <laughs> and I've never thought about writing a book, but, um, but let's take a meeting. And that's something that I was told years ago is never, ever turned out a meeting, no matter what, even if you already have a job, you take a meeting. Right. Right. And, um, and that's what I did. And, and I went in and the first idea was very, very um, cookie cutter was very how to oriented, you know, very like Dana Vosvik smiling Rachel Ray style on the cover, <laughs> you know, very, very approachable. And, 
and I just I knew that's not what I wanted. I knew that that's that's not what I was about as a designer. It wasn't what I was about as a person. And uh, but but because of that opportunity, she you know she was like, well, let's take this to the next level then. And through conversations and sort of group brainstorming and whatnot and pulling more people on, that's how the idea of fashion inside out came about where it's more about the process. It's about the process of design. And I didn't want it to be a retrospective of my career. I'm 27. You know, I, there's so much more that I have to do and I have to learn. And I wanted, the thing that was consistent was that whether you're selling dresses at the local fair or you're, you're selling your collection for the 20th time, you know, for the 20th year, the thing is what's consistent is that everyone has a process and you have to go from creating something out of nothing. And that's what I wanted to explore. Well, and what a, a creative thing and very clever way for you to get to have. I mean, you you were already holding court with some of these people just by, you know, being on the show, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, to, so was that fun to call up Tim and say, hey, Tim, how about a forward? Um, Are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. So you were able to, I mean, because just the names of these people, I mean, in your book, very impressive uh cast of characters here and you oh, did you. you did these interviews did you do like sit down interviews with all these people that you oh, recorded every single one of them and, and i cannot just thank them enough for how gracious all of them were in, in taking an hour and a half out of their day i mean and then to do photo shoot for all the photos and and it was just so amazing everyone was so excited and and the thing is i have to tell you when I approached them about the idea, you know, there were no photos or manuscript yet, you know, so for people all of a sudden they hear Daniel Vosser from Project Runway doing a book, like, what, the, what is this going to be about? So there was a, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, and there was a huge trust factor um, on their end, and, and I really have to thank them for that, for taking a chance on me, and because I am putting their image and their name on something. Well, the thing that's really interesting about this book is, I know your your concern you talked about, you know, about doing this book where you're on the cover and it's like, okay, look at Daniel, he's been on Project Runway, and your concern of like, okay, wait a second, I haven't had my career yet. Yeah. Well, this book though, the book that resulted, the really interesting thing about it is, this is a book that you wouldn't have been able to do the same way in ten or twenty years. Absolutely, you know, this is exactly. a book. This was the perfect book to do right now because it's a book where your reader gets to learn with you in a way because you're Absolutely. you're picking the brains of wildly famous people in the fashion industry and you're asking questions that are really relevant to you as a young designer and also relevant then to other you know whether you admire fashion and you love fashion or whether you want to you know get get out there and have your own. Your dream might be to have your own clothing line. Um, it's really interesting just to have a young designer going and interviewing experienced people in the industry it makes for a great reading. And you are, I, I like your voice as a writer too. So that really well, makes it you. interesting. Well, I also, I, thought, I also thought it was important to not just have, because people have asked me before, well, why aren't there more designers in the book? And the thing is, is that I wanted you guys as readers to see how many people are involved in the process of, of even one designer's you know, vision right. and, and, and how important it is to have all those people, all these people who help contribute to push my idea, to push a designer's idea forward and, and, and really how many people are involved in that. Well, why don't you explain, just briefly explain the structure of the book. The one sentence answer is it's uh, how an idea goes from, from conception to actually getting on your back is is the one answer, you know, the one sentence answer. But the uh, I broke the book down into how I actually work, how designers in general work, 
and the the first chapter talks you through inspiration and how every designer needs to be inspired and needs an idea to grow and I show you guys how I work I show you how other people how other people have worked and you guys are really able to see those physical you know those moments for me it was it was walking around Manhattan and and seeing these um these great metallic trees growing in this green park, you know, surrounded by all this architecture. And it really started to get me thinking about, you know, condensed nature and the sort of like nature for, you know, this futuristic, very sterile thing fighting against this more organic feel. And that was a, that was a huge starting point for me. And, and then the chapter is continue with actually getting those ideas into something physical, drawing and draping. And there are how-to elements, of course, um, but I didn't want it too alienating for people who aren't fashion designers. Right, um, right. Yeah, and then, you know, the the, books can, the the book continues in talking about taking those ideas and polishing them, editing them, working with people like stylists and hairstylists and, and getting the, the image that you want and then finally getting it into stores or getting your portfolio perfected and getting a job. With your process, I want you to talk a little bit about your muse. And I don't know if you okay. might have more than one now. but um, Oh, it changes all the time. Oh, it changes all the time. It, it changes all the time. I was going to ask you about Anna because I know she's a dear friend of yours. Yeah. And she's from Michigan too, isn't she? She is. She yeah, grew she... up in uh, Forest Hills. In okay. Haiti. Yeah, because she was – now, so at what point did you meet her? I met her when she before she even knew how to drive. Oh, she's uh, so cute. She's just the cutest little thing, and and she's the baby of our of our New York family. She's the youngest one right now. She's twenty four, and I'm I'm the oldest daddy. I'm twenty seven. Yeah, they call you daddy, don't they? Call you oh, daddy, Dan? Up. Yes, they do. Yeah. I read the New York Times. Okay. That's what I read in the New York Times. Um, and so I yeah, so we used to have to go and pick her up because she couldn't drive anywhere, and so I've known her for for over ten years. So where did you meet her though? Met. I met her on New Year's. Don't even ask me the year because I'm not sure. Um, maybe in '98, New Year's '98. Way back uh, when I was graduating from college. Okay, <laughs> okay. I don't feel old. Um. <laughs> well, we met on New Year's because one of our friends had a uh, had a party, and um, my friend Caroline was dating my best friend Joe, and it was a sort of cross-pollination of, of competing high schools. Okay. And, of course, when you see Anna, she's stunning. She's just very long. Yeah, she's and beautiful. Long, blonde. Isn't she a dancer? She's yeah, a dan- she was a ballet dancer for years. And um, just the sweet, one of the sweetest girls I've ever met in my life. And she, uh, so, so we struck up a conversation. And I think I ended up having, a, like, a co-ed sleepover. And, and I, there's <laughs> nothing dirty or sexual about that. Believe me, that's... I, we were such big dorks growing up. Like we used to have sleepovers when we were like 20 years old, and we would just have so much fun, like making movies and and like playing games. And like we didn't even drink when we were underage. It was, we're so stupid and pathetic. No, I don't. It's not stupid and pathetic. It's smart because we survived. I was the same way. You know, uh, I didn't I didn't wrap my car around a tree or anything like that. So uh, yeah, well, it was just it was a fun life to grow up, and 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 we had great parents who always were so open to like letting us come over and hang out and making a mess and it was it's definitely how if I ever have kids how I want to raise my kids yeah but. well it's good if you can you, yeah if you have the kids if your house is the one the place where the kids want to hang out so you can make sure they're not like having a meth lab or something you know what I mean <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly I mean, so yeah so that well that's great so congratulations to your parents you know well good I'll, I'll tell them that you approve yeah yeah <laughs> so so you you guys just clicked we clicked and and from the beginning she's always had a great sense of personal style and 
never really was dictated by the sort of like Abercrombie slouchy movement that the Midwest. (laughs) I mean, like to be honest, like that every high school in the world, you know, dresses almost the same. And and she always wore great skirts and dresses and um, heels, and she was just so cute. And and she's always been a great, you know, she modeled in my charity fashion shows back in back in Michigan when I pulled those off and. She, you know, I she went to Notre Dame, and she's insanely intelligent, fluent in, in Italian, and um, art history, double major, and just such a talented girl. And now she's um, she's designing uh, shoes at Marc Jacobs, but uh, she has always been a great source of inspiration for me. Well, that's cool. And so, when you talked about her sense of style um, when she was in high school, what about you? Were you always like very style conscious? When I you're... guess style conscious, but I've always, honestly, I've had much more fun dressing women than I have dressing myself. I, my personal style is much more subdued and clean and and classic. I think I just have so much more fun with women's wear. Um, I don't. I, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think there's maybe more freedom, or I see how excited they get. You know, when, well, when women do dress. respond definitely more strongly to clothes, just in general. I mean, if you just talk about the general population, women definitely get a lot more excited about clothing like, than a man does, typically. So so I can see where the response you get is probably going to be much... You're not going to get the same response out of a room full of guys. Um, no, but yeah. give me like a clean-cut pair of trousers and like a nice Oxford shoe and I'm good. Yeah, and you're, you're <laughs> like, okay, I can make this work in any situation. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So she must have been pretty excited then. Um, you're, you're, the friends, the women in your life when you were oh, started emerging as... Oh, so much free stuff. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm saying and as a designer. I mean, I'd be do. like, okay, I'll take one of the dresses that you don't like the sleeve and you threw in the garbage, you know? I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, how fun. I mean, I just, Anna, Anna still, especially because she's, she loves fashion and she loves, she works in a high profile company and, and, um, we always go to great events together and even in New York, she still stands out. I mean, there's, there's not a shortage of beautiful women in this world and, and especially in New York where everyone's someone and everyone looks good and everyone has money, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and it's just so great to have someone who's so naturally beautiful, but have such great personal style, and she she can wear anything I make just so beautifully. So, is she going to be part of when this collection is unveiled? Are you going to be, uh, you know, involving well, I, her well, in some of these? I mean, I'm definitely keeping her as far as like she's definitely going to design my shoes, or we'll do a collaboration in the future. Um, yeah. But no, I know all of my roommates would be, all of my friends will be, you know, front row at that show. Yeah, that that'll be cool. Yeah, because yeah. your family—that's your New York family. Yeah, of course. Built-in fan base, too. But they probably keep you <laughs> oh, grounded. Tell me, don't tell me if I suck. Don't get well, me Well, yeah, and they probably keep you grounded, too, because they're not, like... I think oh, yeah, any... they could care less about the whole Project Runway thing or, or about, you know, any sort of perk that comes along with that. I posted on my blog, and I didn't give people much notice at all, but I did tell them that I was going to be interviewing you. And um, there's a couple interesting questions. Oh, sure. They were curious about your inspiration. I know you talked a little bit about that, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about inspiration. Maybe the inspiration for your the current line that you just got the go-ahead to work on. Um, well, that one I can't give away yet. Right, because that would be kind of like... Uh, that would yeah. be kind of defeat the purpose, but right. I can say um, <laughs> I can say that in the past, I've, I've really been, you know, especially the past few seasons, I've really been drawn again and again to, like, nature it has been a huge inspiration. I mean, the, 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 the most beautiful color stories are, are in nature. And if anyone's ever looking, you know, how, how, what do I pair stuff with? Look on a flower, look on a petal, look in on, on a bird. Like there, it's all there in front of you. 
so that's that's uh, a little a trick if anyone's looking for inspiration just start with what's in nature what's right in front of you and then uh, in the past i've really found inspiration i mean it sounds a bit cliche but in everything i mean whether it's a movie or a girl in the street or fabric you know it could be a, a small fabric swatch anything that starts that that ignition you know anything that gets that spark of inspiration moving is is uh is a great place to start and that can come from anywhere now do you keep it like a sketchbook or you take photos oh absolutely i keep my digital camera on me at all times i keep a sketch pad and a pencil on me at all times even my phone whether it's a, a mental an audio note you know go back to this exhibit you know et cetera. like you it's you always have to be prepared, especially at the, if you're if you're on a strict schedule like the fashion industry is. You only have a certain amount of time to really delve into the inspiration process before you have to move on to the actual production of the clothing. And so, at that time, you really have to just become a sponge and let yourself be open to to all sorts of. Uh, Inspiration. So, are you in the design phase right now with your line, or where are you in the process? Right, right now, I'm actually in the what I'm calling the hunting and gathering phase. Okay. So I'm because I'm launching something completely from the ground up. I am in the beginning phases of. I'm not even designing yet. I have initial initial ideas, but um, I'm looking at new and larger studio space. I'm beginning my interviewing with bringing on more employees and, and that stuff. So unfortunately, it's none of the fun stuff that I can tell you about. Quite right, but, you, but you need to have all that, the, the, the boring parts in place because you need the people <laughs> yeah. to, to help you make this thing happen. How big is your staff going to be? Um, for probably only the first season, I'm probably just looking at about four or five. What, what will these people be doing? Um, I'm, I'm looking at a production manager, someone who will be able to help me go to the factories and, and help move the actual garments and help produce them. Um, a pattern maker is essential. A great pattern maker helps you develop fit and silhouette, and they're the ones that help take my ideas from uh, from a two-dimensional paper design to actually something 3D. Um, of course, lots of, of lovely, hardworking interns, which is always nice, and then uh, and then a few other positions. Okay, so it sounds like you're going to have a pretty – it'll be a small team to start, but um... – it, that'll be great because compared to some of the stuff you've had to do by yourself, um, oh, this is going to be this yeah, is going like, to be I'll fantastic. I'll take four or five employees any day. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing is, like, I've worked on I've worked in companies where there's been ten of us to do everything, and I've also worked at places where there's been two hundred and fifty of us. Wow. And and you you have to know. And the thing is, what I'm really conscious of is is especially when there's things like investors or money involved. Obviously, it's a business. You, I need to be aware of what's happening and where where everything is going right now, especially in the beginning phases, especially when the economy is like it is. It's right. important to know where everything is going and and who's doing what. And so I'm I'm very happy to be a small designer for for a few years. You know, I think any anyone can any young designer. It's it's an equal sin to start too small and too slow as it is to grow too fast. Right. And what is your target audience for this line? I mean, what market are you going for? Um, she's, she's metropolitan. Uh, she's, uh, uh, she's, you know, she's aware of fashion and she, she understands it. I love very modern, very modern, clean lines. Um, I don't do really, really girly, girly stuff. <laughs> um, but I love like structure, great jackets, great coats, um, great, great dresses. Um, 
Yeah, but very, very clean and very modern. So that's that's a, that's a big target for me is is women who, and the, for the most part, that's very metropolitan cities. And will the clothes be? I mean, do you have your eye on particular boutiques or, or I stores? Do, but um, I guess I can't give away too much. No, that's right fine. Now is this? I can't, yeah, no, I, that's. I, I names, totally respect but, that because you want to get your business deals in place before you, you know. Exactly, but all I can say is it's going to be where you would find um, other high-end. Um, designer, designer wear. Okay, so for an outfit, I am someone who um, I don't do a whole lot of high end uh, clothing shopping. I might, you might inspire me to, to save up all my money though and buy everything you make. We'll see. Well, not only we'll everything; <laughs> it doesn't have to be everything I make, but but that's. I think I think you just kind of hit on a, a little point. Is I think that that's how people are dressing nowadays, even at the designer high end level. Is is I don't think a lot of people are wearing head to toe looks anymore like right. they were 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I think that personal style, whether that's technology, whether, you know, the fact that we can now click on the Internet and see what's happening in Japan or see images from fashion shows in Paris five minutes after it happens. And I think that I I remember I went back to Grand Rapids about three or four years ago, and I cannot tell you how surprised I was to see emo boys walking through (laughs) the hall to see these like three or four boys all shoulder to shoulder wearing super, super, super tight, skinny black jeans and, right. and dark hair and eyeliner. And I was like, you know, it's, it's not my style, but I loved seeing that because I thought, you know what, even in what I consider to be a very small town, people are seeing what else is out there and it's variety. And I think that's the great thing is, is what I felt I didn't have was variety. Yeah, and it it really has it's become more common now to see emo boys in West Michigan, and um, it was it was it's funny that you say it because I actually just went to an event where I saw a bunch of people, and it was it was funny because it it also says to me too that West Michigan is becoming a place that maybe more so it's maybe creeping at a creeping very slow pace where uh, where people can feel like they can kind of be who they are and i think it's really hard to be who you are in west michigan for a lot of people and so i I see that as a sign of progress yeah yeah so um (laughs) but i would have to agree and i hope that i hope that most cities across the country begin to make more progress because i know that there's a lot of and not just you know there's there's a lot of progress we all need to make oh yeah for so. sure so yeah to see individuality i i celebrate that because i really think that that's so important for people to feel like they can be who they are absolutely without being judged yeah that's, yeah i think that's what pushed me to get out of growing up it's originally yeah. so y- much yeah because well and you talked about that a little bit on the show you talked about how it was difficult in west michigan to oh, be who you were and you know, it took. So, was it? Do you think just going to New York and being able to be kind of free of the whole? Ooh, I yeah, well, like I mean, I, like I said, I mean, to be it was the first time where I was with even with fellow fashion designers. The first time that I was with people who who thought the same way I did and were interested in the same things I was, and and it, we were all on the same level. And I thought that that was a great place to be. And and for any young person, I feel that I would love to to help prepare that same feeling or situation for them um, in other cities and in other schools. Well, it can really block a person's creativity, too, if you feel like you can't fully fully express yourself. It's like, well, how can you let yourself, you know, be who you are creatively. I mean, it's exactly. so, so it sounds like you were able to, uh, the, the move to New York was good for you and all friends. It sounds like, so absolutely. Yeah. And even though my mother wants me to, you know, would love for me to move back. It's not going to happen ever. You don't think so? Nothing would bring you back to West no, Michigan? No, 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 no. It's not, not, no. not for me. <laughs> 
Well, you know, you have a cool apartment, you know, give yourself like 20 years when you had 20 collections, you know, and, and, uh, you know, see if perhaps you might have like some kind of Park Avenue place for your mom and dad. Well, Well, I've told them before, but now my sister, after living in New York for six years, now lives a mile away from my parents, which I cannot believe still. And uh, so we've we've discussed the idea, you know, in in another 20 years when our parents are, are older, um, about what we would do, and she goes, "If you pull them away from me, I'm gonna kill you." Uh. But yeah, but I hope I would love to see my parents. You know, my my parents eating lunch in the top floor Bergdorf Goodman's cafe or something. I mean, my dad would feel so out of place. Yeah, but you but, know what? You'd have to maybe move your sister too. This would have oh, to be a package man. deal. You know, you have I to guess give... we'll have this conversation in a few years. Yeah, well, and I'll let you and your sister resolve that because yeah, she'll exactly. be like, "Who the hell is that? Who's, who's Jennifer? Like, telling me to move to New York? Because actually, New York's not for me. Like, I kind of like uh-huh. space. And, and my fam- a lot of my parents, or my parents and my family, feel the same way. Where it's a great place to visit, it's not where they want their home to be, and that's that's kind of how I feel about. Grand Rapids now is a great place to grow up, and I got a lot of things from it, but it doesn't have what I need right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, it'd be hard for you because there's no mood. You can't go and get some great fabrics, you know, what you need. You know, it just wouldn't cut it around here. Or the support. Right, right. So you're in the right place. I'm not going to try to make you move back here. Well, good. Um, (laughs) Well, um, one of the things, when you were talking about your clothing line, and I kind of like just revealed, which, I mean, if anyone's seen me dress, they know I'm not really a high-end dresser in any respect, but... (laughs) But um, the thing is, though, when I put on an outfit, you know, and I actually, you know, let loose with a few greenbacks here and actually buy a really yeah. nice outfit, it's amazing how great you feel Absolutely. when you invest in something that you love and you know, and you put it on, and you're like, wow, this is flattering, this is great. Um, it can really t- transform a person. That's why I think we all like to see people when they go through the makeover phase, you know? Absolutely. It's like, wow, you shave off that beard from that guy, put on a snappy <laughs> outfit, and you're all set. But So I think it must be really great for you to be in a position to have your own creative vision and then be able to see people, whether it's your friends at this stage where you're having them try things on, you know, like, hey, yeah. what does this do? To be able to see somebody be transformed by an outfit or have it elevate them and maybe just accentuate a personality because clothes, as you cover in your book, the point of view, you know, and Absolutely. to have, have the clothes communicate something because it is really a form of communication. And I think I touch on this in, in the book more near the back, but just about how you can't forget that it is a people-oriented industry and that we're doing things, I'm doing things to, to make you guys feel good and right. to make you feel excited about getting ready or, or getting dressed or going, you know, going to an event or job interview, whatever it is that you're doing. And I think that's pretty powerful. You know, I think it's, it's um, I've said this before where it's just, it's just pieces of fabric, you know, it's, it's just pieces of fabric sewn together in a certain way, but for it to give you confidence or sex appeal or where, whatever it is that you're lacking, I think that's pretty powerful. When you're trying to discover your own like personal sense of style and like your signature look, uh-huh. at what point did you feel like, okay, aha, I've really, I've got it, this is it, or has it been a slow progression? It's been a, it's been a slow progression, and and it's been and and I having sat on the panel for Project Runway for four years now, I empathize with with all these young designers who come through and. And everyone loves to fight a fight and to, you know, to, to tell you, to force, you know, their ideas down your throat. And the thing is, like, you really do begin to realize when something is new and innovative and original and it's yours. 
you know, and that came with time. Like it just came with experience and, and trying and figuring things out. And for some people that takes longer and for other people, I mean, even, even Christian, you know, from, from Prajuanui, he has a very specific point of view. Leanne has a very specific point of view. And I think that's, I think that's great. Even if you don't like it, you have to admit that it's a point of view. Right. There wasn't really an aha moment for me. It just was a, a sort of settling when, when season after season you begin to realize that you have a silhouette that you go to that you really like or, or designers who, who always love a great shoulder or a nipped in waist or their focus is dresses or, you know, Diane von Furstenberg didn't, didn't begin her career thinking, I can make lots of money on a wrap dress. She knew what she wanted to feel and she knew how she wanted to make women feel and that led her to that design. And mm-hmm. I think that that's very... Um, you shouldn't overthink things too much as a designer. You should do what you feel is right, and that will that will really help help everything fall into place. Well, how how difficult is it when you're designing and you might come up with something and you're like, wow, this is fantastic. I really like how this looks. It looks great when the drape, everything seems to be working. Uh-huh. And then now you're at a point where you're. I mean, this is a business for you, and you're looking to. You want to sell your clothes. You want yeah. people to want to buy these things. Do you find that you're now? you have to compromise more than you did when you were, you know, doing Project Runway or maybe back in school where you could just kind of shoot for the moon, come up with the most innovative design possible and not have to worry as much about selling it. It's really a collaboration because the thing is like you, I've worked with companies before where you'll have a large, large design team and you'll be working with the merchandisers or you'll be working with the PR people and all of a sudden, you know, do you remember when pockets became very big in dresses? Yeah. All of a sudden, pockets are in dresses, and everyone has pockets and dresses, pockets and dresses. And then all of a sudden, you know, the PR people are saying, we, you know, no pockets and dresses. All the women are thinking they're hippie. No pockets and dresses. No pockets <laughs> and dresses. And that's something that you deal with when you're, when you're working in a company and you're working with different people is you're, you're going to get that feedback. And that's, that's something that, as a young designer, you can let it consume you or you can digest it and spit it out, you know, spit out what you don't need. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I have people around me that I respect their opinion, but they, more, most importantly, understand my point of view as a designer and would never want my stuff to look like Chanel's or wouldn't want my stuff to look like another designer's. And I think that's important is to to have people around you that understand what your vision is to help you get it out there. So so if I say I do a dress that has the perfect drape or has the you know the perfect whatever, if it's too expensive, then I work with people who help me bring the cost down or if it's too much volume, then I work with a pattern maker to help me take it down or you know, but it still looks like mine. I see. So you make some compromises, but you, you compromise, do it within you, the yeah. framework you're comfortable with. Absolutely. And, and if you lose yourself, then you've lost the most important part of yourself as a designer. Right. And that, well, I think that's important, too, because you're not you're not selling out. You know, you're going to stay yeah. cl- true to what what brought you into the business in the first place. Well, your comment about pockets um, raises another question that one of my listeners had posed about how, as a designer, you know, when something is a, actually a defined style and when it's just a fad, like it's something that everybody's doing right now. But, in t- you know, two months, no one was going to want to wear that. Um, ooh, that's a, it's a hard one because you, it's really hard to tell, um, in the moment and no one knew 
that leggings were going to make such a big comeback. Yeah, you know what? I have to say, I was like, at first, I was like, whatever. Like, exactly. I will never do that again. And then what what happens? I'm in Target buying a pair of leggings, so and I'm just like, go. what's going on? And, and then Old Navy, and, and the same thing with things like uh, a trench coat. Trench coats <laughs> came back in about six years ago on the, on the designer level and have stayed consistently season after season after season and now you don't balk at seeing a trench coat in old navy or no. at uh you know a target and and you just don't know how and why so as a designer i can tell you that there are certain pieces that i'm so sick of looking at that i just want to chew myself but i wouldn't i wouldn't design them and so you're hopefully it's with uh, the more and, the more and more presence that I get in the design industry. Hopefully, people will be dictated by that. But until then, it's names like Marc Jacobs and the big designers of the world that help dictate what the, the trends are, and those then get watered down and filtered through through the mass media. So, is the way it works like if uh, Marc Jacobs um, does a trench coat, then everyone else starts doing the trench coat in the Absolutely. line? Absolutely. Okay. And have you seen? Um, I don't know if you see. This is one thing like. When skinny jeans became really big, yeah, um, I just can't. about four years ago, you guys in in like in Grand Rapids, I remember when you guys didn't get them for about a year after. Oh, I think it's more like three and a half years later. Seriously, like well, it seems like everything. Nice. No, yeah, yeah, it seems like everything. No, I'm not going to defend the Midwest. Um, and my <laughs> sisters will tell you. My I have a sister that does hair and makeup, and she's just so much. I mean, she's just so in tune. Like I called her from like Rite Aid and said, uh-huh. "Okay, look, I'm looking for some new." loose powder foundation exactly. can what you help you me use? and she's like yeah she's fabulous you know but she's like jen if you're gonna be on tv you have got to put makeup <laughs> on so my i am totally style challenged and so um and i just admit that you know but i've noticed though in west michigan it's so funny because i interview people from all over the country and around the world and people will be talking like i'll see pictures of what these people are wearing and i'm like wow i guess <laughs> i guess this is what's going to be in in like two years here in west michigan yeah and, and you'll see it and and i you should even make a little game of this and write down something and I guarantee you'll see a version of it um, <laughs> to you, you should so what do you think what, what's gonna, what can we expect just from what you see you know right now in about two years what will you be happening will see, okay let's see here you will see um, do you know what a harem pant is yeah yeah okay so like where it has a kind of a drop a drop crotch Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and, and like not a tapered leg, but like it has a skinnier leg. Okay. So you, I guarantee that you will see a version of that in the next year and a half to two years because that, has, that came on the scene about, la- about last season and now every designer was doing it this past season. Another thing, jumpsuits. Yeah, and those are yeah, those are, those are kind of crazy to pull off. Those are of course they're crazy to they're pull cool, off. Totally because crazy. If they're not fitted well. You look like you just pooped your diaper. <laughs> I understand it, but I have a friend. I mean, I have friends who pull off really high jumpers. Oh, that jumpers. is so funny. So, so you you would be, I, those are two things I would say keep an eye out on. Yeah. So how lame is it when someone from West Michigan gets their jumpsuit? Okay, say in two years they get a jumpsuit and then they go out for like the opening of one of your shows. And they're wearing a jumpsuit. Nobody else is wearing a jumpsuit. Um, does that mean that they're ahead of the next wave of fashion in New York to hit in about two more years, or they're just well, totally? Every, everyone loves to to be um, <laughs> to be noticed, and in my industry, that's no big surprise. I think it was like a Marc Jacobs business partner, Robert Duffy, and he said, "It's not important to be first; it's important to be the best." And and that yeah. means that you can have done it first. That's fine. You can have you can bubble skirts. When bubble skirts came back in, 
and then you see them everywhere. I see them at Banana Republic, and I see them, you know. And yeah. You see these, uh, I remember this designer did them five years ago, and it didn't matter. It just wasn't the right time for for the world to have bubble skirts. And, you know, she's saying, well, I, I did it first. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, that's you the thing is, the yeah, if people aren't remembering that, yeah. It's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing, though, to even try to go too far into trends because as a designer, especially for the designer market, you don't want to do something that everyone else is doing. Right. So it's a, it's a tricky it's a tricky territory to to go into. Yeah, well, I guess I'm not gonna have a problem with uh, doing something everyone else is doing because I never do like I'll, I'll never do what what is in fashion really. I don't really pay attention to it. I should. My sisters tell me all the time, Jen, you really seriously got to pay attention. But um, you know, I one of the weird things I do is I wear aprons like as outerwear um i wear other clothes too people were like you just wear an i'm like no 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 no. this is west michigan i would be arrested um but um but what's funny is um someone sent me someone who listens to my show and hears me talking incessantly about aprons and how i love them um sent me a link to um anthropology has a an apron they're selling that looks like you're wearing it like a dress but it's just black and white by any chance um they have one that's black and white. Okay, because uh, my friend Aunt, or Anna just got one last year that was black and white with blue. And it looks piping. like she's wearing a dress. And she wore it under a white flowy dress. And it oh. was like the cutest little thing where it was a little smock. It looked like a jumper. It was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. Well, I love them as outerwear. And I don't know if this is ever going to become... And I really don't care. I just, for me, it's You more, don't care, and it, that's what it's No, it, but, but I think it's fun. But people will be like, oh. Like, my neighbor actually stopped her car. I was going out to the mailbox to get my mail, and she she sees me. I had done this, like, quilted thing, like, just half apron. And, and people are going to be like, I cannot believe Jennifer's talking to Daniel about her apron fetish. But oh, just bear Lord. with me for a second. Um, and the neighbor stops the car, and she says, she never normally talks to me about anything at all. Like, I don't exist. And, it's, and she'll, she stopped oh. her car, and she goes... Did you just make dinner? I said, uh, yeah, we just had dinner. And she's like, oh. And then she just kept driving. And I'm just like, that is the weirdest thing. But I'm like, I didn't tell her the part about how I had the apron on all day and I didn't cook. We had, you know, I went through a drive-thru. You know, and I was just like, this well, is crazy. Well, my question to you is, would you ever ask this woman for fashion advice? I would never. But well, I just, then, okay. But no, but I just thought, I thought it was hilarious. Because, see, I, I really think anytime I get a rise out of anybody for, like, something that I'm wearing, something I'm doing, I, I find it totally hilarious. Where my sister in high school, well, she would have just never worn it again. Like, I would wear it, like, every day for a week after that, you know, because well, I'm just good. like, hey, in your face, man. But um, but no, I think it's really funny because a lot of times, though, people can get totally caught up into trying to be in fashion. And I imagine the pressure when you're, you know, in fashion like you are. I mean, you can't uh-huh. just show up and look like you're half put together. No, I mean, no, 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 no. You have yeah, to be. You definitely, uh, it's more pressure. But the thing is, if you love what you do, then it then the work becomes fun right well it's your passion yeah exactly yeah i I, I love the the game of the game of it all yeah well and i know you like to do a lot of things with like at least on the show it looked like you did a lot of stuff with like a scarf yes are you still into scarves well my personal accessory i definitely opt for scarves um i don't really design a lot of stuff i i someone else pointed that out to me a while ago and they had said that your necklines are always really really beautiful and your on your dresses and like on your coats and stuff is like I really focus on the neckline because I, I personally think like a great hairstyle or um, like anything that frames your face like I think mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. And and I that's something that I think I subconsciously did is like I've never focused 
on thinking, oh, I really want to do a cool neckline. But um, and so I think my personal style, like I do, I do wear a lot of scarves and stuff. And I think it's because I have a really long neck, and I think I, I think I can wear a scarf. <laughs> Yeah, my no, it looks. And I can wear well. It looks good. Well, no, thank you. yeah, but no, I thought that was interesting because that's one of your that's one of your little accessories. I guess it's a signature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another oh, another woman posted a comment on Craft Sanity that she and I think this is an important thing too that we cover because she confessed that she had not watched the show. Okay, okay. but she's res- respects your work and she has a question about what advice she would give a middle or high school boy who chooses to take home ec over wood shop. And gets razzed for it because her son. Hold on. She is asking. She she is asking because she's talking about her son, and she gotcha. said her son has chosen to take home ec, and now they call it, I guess, family and consumer science is what yes, they're calling it. I've heard they've changed. The yeah, name. and his friends really give him a hard time, and she's basically asking if you have any advice for him because that's he likes he likes the home ec stuff, and yeah. she wants to know what you have to say about that. I would say that I mean I had a very similar life growing up, but. I guess that the best answer I can give is that if he is getting razzed from his friends, then I'm not sure how well how good of friends those are, and and that's that's coming from someone who I told you that I really didn't meet this core group of people that I knew until I was older, until I was 18, mm-hmm. and it was finally after after trying to be someone I wasn't and having people accept me for who I am and the interests that I have and. And it was really, really welcoming. And so I would say to him is that really to second, to, to take a step back and, and make sure that you're trying to please people that it's really important to please. Right. Because your friends, oh my gosh, I have the best quote. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That's awesome. Who, Do said, that? who said that? I don't. I want to know. You're going to die. Who? Dr. Seuss. What? Oh my gosh! In what book? I have no idea. We we found it in a uh, in a magazine and, and cut oh it my out. gosh! I totally have to go through my kids' Dr. Seuss books now. Oh that, I love Dr. Seuss. Yeah, and we have it next to all these photos of all of us, and it's just so it's so poignant. It's so yeah. true. It's like it really doesn't matter. So if he's interested in home ec or in in shop or whatever it is, he doesn't need to. The people who it really matters to, it should matter. If he's taking a class where he loves, whether it's sewing or whatever, the person at the next sewing machine might turn out to be his very, very best friend. And, and that's what I would say. Yeah. Reevaluate, yeah, your friends. Yeah, because if you're having to make concessions and apologize and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know why I'm really taking it. It's kind of dumb, you know. Um, it's If you can't be yourself with those exactly, people, then, find some yeah. other people. But, um, well, I think I think we might have helped somebody. Well, good. I, let's I hope, hope so. Let's not get too Dr. Phil. Yeah, I know. Other, I know. Dr. Hope, yeah, we should not. Your life. I was curious about when you got to fashion school or actually GRCC, it sounds like that's when you really learned to to sew. I mean, yes. clothing. And, and do you find that you still, I mean, do you love that part or do you love the design oh, part? Oh, I do. Like, I, I love. I love all the different facets for each different, re- like for different reasons. And, and although production wise and as far as my company goes, I have seamstresses and stuff to do that. But, um, like for Anna, Anna's birthday was in the fall and I made her a new shirt. Like I, I sewed it myself. I made the pattern and stuff. And, and those things are, I think that I love to do still is getting out that sewing machine and, figuring and problem solving and working with fabrics and and that's 
I hope I never lose that. I hope I always am interested in, and get excited to do stuff like that. But Well, you know, what's so funny is I signed up to take the fashion design, like the construction class at GRCC, and, and I sat down with these machines and they looked really old to me. And I'm just like, man, I don't think this is going to work out at all. Like, you know, because I had this machine that did like embroidery at home. Of course, oh, I don't use okay. it at all. But what's it. so funny is and now I'm like kicking myself. I'm like, man, I really wish I would have buckled down and just taken the class because I'm like so impatient. Like I want to hurry up and just like, okay, I'm making a garment, not oh, have to fashion. go through all the boring stuff. But that's like math. You got you to gotta learn it, you know. You have to learn it. And, and that's what people who – one of my interns is is – very, very talented, and he's in his first year at FIT, and he's a very, very creative guy, and has he knows what he knows very well, but he still has so much to learn, and, and that's what I just keep trying to enforce to him is, he goes, I know I can get a great job, you know, at the end of next year. I know I can get a great job, and I said, that's fine, and you'll stay there for a really long time like, <laughs> you need, and you'll stay at that first job for you know for years and i'm just trying to get him to look further and and to not just think in the moment like right. this is the best choice not just right now but for my future and and that's something that i continue to i continue to ask myself with business with with designs is like is this is not only good for for now but it will be good for six months and will it be good in five years and and that's a gamble. So. Well, did you find that in that class, did you actually sew with patterns? Because I think one of the first projects they have you do, uh, I did take a look at the syllabus. And they pajama said, pants. Yeah, did, the pajama pants. I pan. did pajama pants. And did you do first. it with like an actual pattern? Or did you do your own no, like, freelance? No, I, 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 I began by, you know, like you go to what Joanne and you buy like a butt trick um, pattern, pattern and, or a Vogue pattern and then you do it from there. And then as, as I became more and more... Um, comfortable on the sewing machine then i started altering my patterns and then i then began uh creating hybrid patterns and and i loved a sleeve from one and then i put it on the jacket of another and i really love this collar so so then that became the beginning phases of pattern making for me because there was no pattern making course at cc yeah, Does that make so sense? you know it makes sense. It makes total okay. sense because my my problem is I always want to just jump to like where I want to design something and just make it. I don't want to do follow a pattern of anybody else's, but that ends in disaster because if I haven't of sewn, it ends in disaster. yeah, because if you haven't sewn enough, like with following someone else's pattern where they've thought through everything, they've done the math for you, it's gonna actually come out right. Um, yeah, so I gotta I gotta try to buckle down because I'm really. Yeah, I was gonna say you're sitting here telling me what yeah. the problem is, but yet you. Can oh, I know the. I totally. To fight it. I need to get my rear back into that class. You well, know? do it. Don't. Yeah. And I make I make little personal goals. Um, and not not that just in life in general, and and I think that would be important. I think it's important to be excited. It's it, it's what made me start violin um, when I was 27. It made me go bungee jumping when I was 20 before I was 25. I have to learn how to surf before I'm 30. Oh, you so you're, I, you're one of those list makers? Because well, I have the thing a... is, I don't want to wake up when I'm 50 years old and say I wish I could have, should have, woulda. Yeah. And, and so for you, it's like like with any of us. You'll never have enough time, and you'll right. never have enough money. Right. Like you're never, you're not going to. So, right. 
So just make a plan and say by the time I, you know June comes around, you're getting that sewing machine out again. And well, oh, I sew, actually I do sew every day, but I do more like quilting stuff. Oh, that's and, what you said. And yeah. I do like, but um, well, I have two beautiful little girls, and I'm like, I could be making them really cool. Are you like, kidding me? Do you know how much money you're going to be saving? Well, I just think it's cool to be able to. You know, because they're at that age where they're like, yeah, mom, that's cool. Like, I wear an apron over something like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, they don't know yet that mom's different than other moms, you know. Ah. Yeah, it's that magical, magical time. So well, this is the, the best time because they're still like the size of big dolls. Yeah, so, where they can, not they much take fabric. advantage of it. Yeah, so, yeah, well, you inspired me after watching. I think that's what happens if you really want to get inspired about sewing. Either you're going to hate it or you're going to totally love it if you watch <laughs> the entire season of oh, Project Runway in a weekend. Now I feel like I, have, I want to say make it work to everyone. Well, good. Whatever, just, whatever gets how, you How through. long did it take you to like not think that in your head? Oh, I still think it. You it's still so do? Because it's, it's so, like... I think it's embedded in my brain. <laughs> <sighs> so are you friends with some of the people? Like, do you con- are you in contact with some Absolutely. of the people? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I still talk to a lot of the people from my season and from um, subsequent seasons. And um, we, I just had uh, tea with Tim, um, up at his office, he was Tim, um, on, uh, last week, um, and just sort of catching up, catching up on, he just, you know, he's very supportive and just wants to make sure that things are going well for, you know, for me, and, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really been great to have this big support system. Yeah, I mean, things couldn't have really lined up any better. I mean, well, I'm sure you would have taken a first place finish, but, um, well, but at the same time, though, I mean, do, do I'm you, very happy. Are you happy? Yeah, because that would have then you would have done a line right away. Who exactly? And, yeah. and, and I, I don't I don't look back like I've said before. And if I did, I feel that would one make me a very sad person <laughs> and two a very boring designer to still be harping on something that happened you know two and a half years ago. Yeah. So, on to the next project. Well, it was really cool to be able to. And I mean, I just met you at Schuler's very briefly, and uh-huh. I was trying to keep my kids quiet during your your talk um and i mean we were i was pretty successful and it was really interesting to see just you come back and get such a warm response from this town and a town that might have gave you some trouble when you were here you know and then you go off and get famous and people love you when you come back and i'm sure a lot of these people loved you before what is that like to come back to west michigan well it's just it's so nice to still see see people who are so like, I saw my neighbor, like I told you I moved out of East Grand Rapids when I was 10. Right. My next-door neighbor came, and she's got to be close to 90. Wow. And she came and was just so excited to see me, and, oh, I remember you when, and, and like, those are the moments that, that get me. Because it's just, I mean, you, it, it's so much more than me, and, and that's what I think is, is really exciting and what keeps me going. And, I, you know, I briefly touched on it before, but it's where... It isn't just people who are impacted by my clothing or, or what I produce, but it's how I do it, and that's what makes my parents proud and what my my grandparents, you know, are are proud to say that they're my grandparents, and and that's what keeps me going. So I, I love coming. I, I really do love coming back home, and it's New York isn't as big and scary as you think it is. It it really begins to feel like a small town the more time that you spend here. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's just been nice to have, um, to have that no matter where I am, whether it's Grand Rapids or New York. I think you're, you're definitely on your way. And I don't, I mean, you have Tim thank Gunn you. telling you that. You don't need that's Jennifer Ackerman <laughs> telling you that. But well, thank you. It's still nice to hear. Yeah. Well, and it was, it was really, really nice 
talking to you, and I really appreciate the, the opportunity. Wasn't that fun? You see what I'm saying about him sounding older than he is? And I want you guys at home to be able to check out this book. So Daniel's publisher has agreed to donate a copy to get in the contest for this book. I asked Daniel what he wanted me to ask you. So listen carefully to this little clip. A big tagline that I have loved signing these books is design your own destiny. And I guess if, if you asked the question that wasn't so specific if you wanted to, but something like if you were to be a designer, if you were to work in a design field, like what would, what would that look like? What, what's your dream if you could design it? Okay, so what's your dream? We want to hear it. Leave a comment below the write-up for episode 92 over at craftsanity.com. Even if you don't want to publicly do this, definitely privately do this. Get out a piece of paper and just write down some things you want to do. I have my big things I want to do before I kick off list, and I love to add to that. Like I said, congrats, Daniel, and thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I think it's very inspiring. And I also want to thank the episode sponsors this week because... Without you folks, it would be a lot harder to bring this show out, so I really appreciate it. Special thanks to Wonder Melon Fabric and Crafts in the UK. This is an online retailer of designer fabrics for quilting and crafts featuring Amy Butler, Sandy Henderson, Michael Miller, Heather Bailey, Tanya Whalen, and more. Visit www.wonderlemon.com for speedy UK and European delivery of lovely fabrics or visit wonderlemon.blogspot.com for crafty ramblings and wonder lemons. I'd also like to thank Catherine Hodge, who is a very talented jewelry artist. You can check out her jewelry. She's metalwork and also beaded jewelry, and so she has a couple different lines. They're really cool, so you can check that out at katherinemarissa.com. She also does restoration work, and if you're in the area, she does home parties and some other things. So check out the website, www.katherinemarissa.com. And thanks to all you folks at home for tuning in once again. I really appreciate it. My next interview is with fabric designer Jennifer Paganelli. I got a chance to preview her new fabric line, which was really fun. I was like, wow, I get to look at this stuff before it's in the store. So cool. Yeah, it made me really happy to be a podcaster. Well, it's been fun chatting with all of you, and uh, I'll be back soon. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.